0: Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast. In today's conversation, I am doing a strategy session with one of our Freelance Accelerator students. Uh, this is an opportunity that Freelance Accelerator students have to get on a strategy session with me one-on-one to answer any and all the questions that they have about freelancing. Um, and I'm super excited to chat with Crystal Lewis today, who is in a really lucky and unique position. So she kick-started her freelance career and she's doing a amazing in some ways and struggling a lot in others. So Crystal has 15 clients, which sounds like a dream for a lot of people. The challenge is that Crystal got all of those clients before she figured out what her niche was or what her niche should be. And she's scattered and she's like, I'm just on the struggle bus because I've got 15 clients in 15 different product categories from golf to hunting and fishing to active to all the different product categories. And so it's a really common mistake I see with freelancers is they're like, I'll take any and all work that I can get. And you wind up creating a lot more work for yourself and you wind up doing your clients a disservice because you cannot be focused on 15 different product categories at once. That's insane. Um, and so Crystal and I talk through how she can focus down to get into her niche, which she has defined. We'll talk about that in the in the conversation. And we talk about strategies that she can use to offboard some of the clients that she's currently working with. She needs to offboard some of them to free up space to make some edits to her portfolio, which is another thing we talk about. Her portfolio um, is not quite in line with the niche that she wants to go after, so we talk about some strategies that she can use to adjust her portfolio, to speak to the brands that she really is passionate about, and we also talk about how she can just get focused in her day and her day-to-day stuff until she gets on a better track with the niche that she wants to work with. So many great takeaways in this conversation with Crystal, whether you are trying to find your first client or maybe you're also like trying to juggle a kajillion different clients and you're not really sure you know how this freelance thing is supposed to feel so great because it feels so scattered, I think you're going to love this conversation with Crystal. And if you would like the opportunity to get on one-on-one strategy call sessions with me, as well as everything else that you need to have a successful freelance career, from all the templates to all the resources to the step-by-step tips and advice on portfolios and finding clients and pricing and all the things that you may be struggling with, my Freelance Accelerator program just may be for you. You can find more details by heading over over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. We will link to that in the show notes. Um, And I'd love to send you all of my free resources on freelancing, as well as tell you a little bit more about my Freelance Accelerator program and how it might be able to help you kickstart and grow your freelance career. All right, that being said, let's jump into the strategy session with Crystal. And we will talk through all the things um, of juggling a freelance career and what that actually looks like. Here we go. Um, all right, Crystal, let's dive into your Freelance Accelerator strategy session. Um, I'm going to let you drive. I mean, I know you sent a whole slew of things that you want to talk okay. about from, um, you know, you've figured out your niche and you're like kind of trying to figure out like do you, what projects you have in your portfolio that work for that. You also have a lot of clients and you're juggling kids and like, why don't you just start talking to me and we'll get through <sighs> everything. Okay, got it. Um,
1: All right. So uh, I've been listening to the show for a long time. That's when I sort of got the confidence to just give it a try. Yeah, And I was dabbling in it in, let's see, 2018, when I just kind of put my toe in the water, got my first client. Yay, this is so exciting. But didn't really understand what it meant to like, you know, pick a niche and why that was so important. Mm. Um, Fast forward to probably... um, beginning of this year, I partnered with someone in Austin completely by accident. Um, I was trying to do some domestic sourcing and the phone conversation sort of reversed itself and turned into a job interview. And she's like, actually, we get so many requests for people that need to do overseas manufacturing and we just don't do that. Ah. Um, And I was like, okay, well that could work. Cause I was really just trying to figure out how to make my business work. And yes. if she was going to send me clients, like I'm going to let done. Her. Yeah. So, so, um, that's kind of how it all got started. She started referring people to me. I sort of put together a uh, presentation and I was getting clients left and right, which was super exciting. Yeah. H- However, I didn't expect for things to move so quickly during the pandemic, when I've got two kids under me all day long, yeah, um, and on top of that, they're all completely different clients, completely different needs, completely mm. different product categories. Mm. So I was taking them all left and right because I thought, you know what? Let me just get my business going, yeah. get established. Yeah. Then I'll, you know, iron a, iron things out yeah. as um, the dust settles. But like, what a ridiculous concept, even thinking about that, you know, looking back. Um, so that's in a nutshell, I guess, how I got started. Um, I guess you tell me like, what else do you want me to go into detail on?
0: Well, I mean, I want to start with some of your questions. So you did explain that in your, um, in the form that you filled out for what you want to talk about today. You said, um, I already have a thriving business, thanks to SFF, woo. Um, So I'm inundated with emails, samples, manufacturing, all the things. For 15 completely different clients that I took on before I decided to commit to one category. So um, it sounds like, you know, you're, like, if we go one step higher as far as, like, big picture where you're at right now, I think what I read and what you've submitted for your strategy session is that, you're busy with those clients, you're busy, you've got two young children with, you know, we're in the middle of pandemics, like daycare is like a hot mess, right? Um, Right. And you're, and then you're also like, I want to go into this niche of, I'll have to read it here, Missy and Women's High End Sustainable Super Feminine Lounge and Lifestyle. It's like so clear what you want, and I have a very clear vision, right? But then you're like, um, but, uh, but if I were Lulu's or mint julep, I wouldn't be particularly sold in hiring me based off the design projects I did for Peloton or Barry's bootcamp. You know what I mean? So right. like that, everything that I read right there is that you've picked this new niche that you want to focus on. Your portfolio doesn't reflect that, but you're struggling to find the time because you've got 15 clients and your mother of two young children. So like, what exactly. the F do you do? Yes. Okay, first of all, take a breath because I'm like, when I read this, I was literally like, girl, if you are like trying to get more done, you're already doing so much. Um, So first of all, like I want you to give yourself massive kudos for juggling 15 clients and being a full-time mom to two children. I mean, that's insane. Thank you, Heidi. I was a full-time mom for 14 months and i can, and with one child and i cannot imagine another child and juggling 15 clients like that's a lot so give yourself like a huge serving of grace on what you are already getting done um okay. i'm in a, there's a podcast i just listened to the other day about i won't go too deep cuz i'll bore people but i think it's really specific for you about Trying to compare ourselves to this future version that we want to be, instead of mm. which is a very can be a very unhealthy place to be. Instead of giving ourselves credit of what we're already doing and like where we have come from, like the progress we have made. Hey, so man, that's what I want to say first. Yeah, right. I mean, especially in these times when like we don't have daycare, like and it's not an option for everybody because based on a variety of factors, right? So right. Um. So that being said you do still have a lot of ambition and I can read in your thing and I can just feel like you're really like agra- assertive about that ambition, which I applaud. So I think we need to need to like focus on, on these couple of things. Okay. You want to go after a different market, your portfolio, yes. which I think you're right is not going to resonate with them. Um, and you're trying to juggle these 15 clients. So a couple of things that I would just think about is like, Well, in order to go after them, I think the first thing we need to do is like do some self directed projects. Okay. Right. Um, And so then I think it's just up to you to decide like where does that fit into your life right now? If that doesn't fit in, like with these 15 clients that maybe you're booked out for, I don't know how far out or like how ongoing they are, or if it's maybe time and you also have to like weigh like what does your financial situation look like? Like, can you afford to? just wrap up with five of them and say, okay, I'm going to get down to 10. And then those five are going to like free up this much space, right? Like there are so many variables in, in what you can do next that I can't answer for you. It's going to depend on your priorities. It's going to depend on um like your mental load. It's going to depend on like your financial load. Like where are you at with these 15 clients? Could you alleviate yourself from some of them? Because my guess is that the, I mean. Your children aside, because obviously a lot of mental load goes to our children, and that's amazing. They deserve right. it. Um, and we don't always have the option to offload some of that, right? Nope. So <laughs> that is aside. Let's look. Like, let's look at your fifteen clients. Where are you at with them? Could you afford to offload some of that? Like, or you know, you have to think like, or do you try to find five extra hours a week? If, if getting rid of some of clients is not an option, which it might not be financially, and that's totally fine, um, where do you try to find, let's say, like three to five extra hours a week if you feel like that's possible to right. do this, um, to start pursuing this other stuff?
1: So you said something that I've been kind of teetering on, and I really needed feedback from someone with more experience like yourself. Yeah. Um, and do I just, Keep these clients and try to get some help um, until I'm able to offload them. Or are these clients that just like get grandfathered in as I pick my niche? Um, but like, fact of the matter is, there's only so much time in the day. Totally, I really am totally on board with maybe shedding um, clients a little at a time. And luckily for me, uh, I, I couldn't be in the position I'm in if I didn't have a supportive husband whose, um, whose career was stable through the pandemic. Yeah. So, um, it's right now it's more of a working smart, okay. um, mindset that I'm really trying to wrap my head around and less, um, like survival.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's yeah, a very lucky so- position to be in.
1: Yeah. Oh 100%. Yeah. I thank my lucky stars every day. Totally. Um and where I where I am with these clients is a little all over the place. So 3 of them are in production. Okay. Which um is, you know, hallelujah. Um <laughs> I would say the rest of them are like we are either wrapping up the design portion of it, about to start sampling, okay. or in the middle of sampling. Okay. So that's, I mean, very broad overview of where I am with everybody.
0: Okay. And, okay, so, I mean, here's what I'll say. Sure. Like, these 15 clients, like, that is your mental and time capacity, I imagine, for the current time. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. Yes. And then the other thing, too, you you said, um, uh, your children are with you, your two children are with you full time um, until, you know, they're vaxxed. So, So you have the option. I mean, you you do have options here. You could okay offload the three clients once they're through production. You know there are good breaking points inside of the design to development cycle where you could maybe connect with someone else inside of the private uh, Facebook group inside Freelance Accelerator. That you could give them a referral so you can kind of pass them off to somebody, right? So you're not just, like, abandoning them, right? That's Um, what I was worried about. Yeah, and I know that we can get so emotionally connected to our clients, which I think is amazing, right? We really care about them. We care about their brand. We care about their success. And so, you know, maybe—so this is something you'd have to weigh. Is it worth— you know, and, and how much do you want to like go through the process of like doing the handoff and the transition? And then, you know, would you feel comfortable just passing five clients off like right off the bat or would you want to, and this is something that like you just in your heart of hearts need to do a gut check with and decide, but like, do you want to, you know, maybe pass off one and then see how that goes. And then if you would feel comfortable, pass more off to that other person, or I don't know. Um, you know, or maybe like you've heard someone interviewed on the podcast who you're like, I feel like I know that person a little bit and I could trust them, or you maybe seen them in the group a little bit and you would feel more comfortable, or maybe just hop on a Zoom call or like all these different things that you would have to personally make a decision on of how comfortable you feel. So I think there's um there's that option. And then the okay. other option to think about too is like I don't know what the timeline is for you know your kids getting into daycare at this point, maybe we're looking at like four months now. I don't know the exact timeline. Yeah. Right. And so maybe you're like, yeah. okay, so then maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to sit where I'm at for four months and then I can make the change. So you just there's just all these different options that you have. And I think you have to decide like what feels the most exciting to you, like what feels the most feasible, like all the things, right. It's so personal. Okay. What do you think? I think Okay. So
1: I'm glad you said that because for some reason, um, I'm very date oriented, um, or I guess timeline oriented. Yeah. I set a goal and I'm like, this day is when the thing will happen. But (laughs) (laughs) so I keep telling myself, okay, starting 2022, I'm not taking on any new clients unless they're in my niche. Okay. But Maybe, realistically, it's not just January 1st of 2022. Maybe it's when my kids get vaccinated and are back in school. Yeah. And then I can really, like, you know, channel that energy yeah. into planning my business. Yeah. And not just, you know, sort of playing catch up every day. Totally. So I think that already helps a lot. Just not having this hard and fast date of like um, I need to know what I'm doing in the next 22 days. Yeah,
0: it's literally right around the corner. I mean, that's a lot of pressure (laughs) to put on yourself, (laughs) right?
1: Okay, so that's step one. But what do you think? Sorry, go
0: ahead. Go ahead. No,
1: go ahead. I was just gonna say I do feel comfortable. With, I guess, I have become buddies with some of the people in the successful fashion um, freelance community. Yeah. And there's already a couple that I know that I, they'd be in, my clients would be in good hands if I were to make the transition. There you so go. So I just hadn't even considered that. I was like, what does that look like? What do I do with these clients when I'm done with them? I don't want to just send them back out into the world. Totally. Because they came to me because I made them feel comfortable. Yeah. And every single one of them has echoed the same thing. Like, yeah really help demystify the process. You really make me feel less intimidated about the process and yeah. for me to be
0: like, all right, well, that was fun. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. It didn't feel right. So then, I mean, you didn't really ask a question, but you kind of were like, what does that really look like? I mean, to me, I think there's there's parts of the process where it would like logically make sense to be like, okay, here's, we're going to have a little break and we're going to, you're going to veer off to this other person. Right. Okay. And so you said, um, a couple client, I forget the exact stages your various clients are at. And this may be a personal preference for you based on like how you're running the projects. But like, where do you have maybe three or a few clients right now where you're like, okay, there's a comfortable breaking point coming up. Yes. So let me think about the breaking point. When that's going to be, is it going to be in three weeks or a month or whatever? Let me talk to these other freelancers I know through the community say, hey, I possibly have this lead, blah, blah, blah. Here's the details. Would you be interested? And then if the freelancer's interested, then you can have the conversation with your client. I would say sooner than later, right? So if the break point would be coming up in three weeks, then I would have the conversation now, like as soon as possible, right? And just explain right. where you're at. Like, I would just be really honest and um, just say, like, I'm really trying to, you know, focus in on where my passion and my expertise lies. And I want to make sure that you're in really good hands. Um, I have this other connection. If it's something you would be interested in, I can, I can put you in touch with this other person who could take great care of you. Um, and I will be, you know, maybe you offer to like sort of be in the loop on emails for like two weeks. Right, right? put a boundary on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, I'll be in the loop in emails, and I can be copied on everything so that I can be there to answer questions. And of course, you know, if a question comes up in a month, I know you're still going to be available. But like, mm-hmm. you would still, I'd still want to put a, a little boundary on that. Um, and then assuming both parties, right, the freelancer and the brand is like interested and then going and working together or at least vetting each other. Right? right. Then you can do the introduction and kind of formalize that. And I just shouldn't say formalize. I don't think there's really anything to formalize, but then just be like, okay, work towards that transition. And if the freelancer is not available, maybe they don't have time, you know, then you can go to the next person. You said you have got a couple. So I'd, I'd imagine they can take on the clients. Um, and then, if the brand wants the introduction, great. Then if not, then great. It was great working with you. And like, you just leave on really good terms. And I don't know. Okay. I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't, but maybe they don't, who knows. And then you can, yeah. you know, okay. Um, okay. and so you, then you could, so you got, you got, I think you said, like three clients in production. And so then I don't know when, when those are going to be ending. And then maybe if you can like get three clients passed off, then you can get down to like nine or 10 clients. And then that might free up a little bit of time to even before okay. your your kids get into and in, back into school um yeah, baby step. yeah right that might free up I don't know five hours a week or whatever the number is easy yeah okay so that would be huge right to get five hours back Weird.
1: yes imagine what you could do a couple do. of clients that when I took them on I thought what am I
0: doing yeah. what am I doing yeah <laughs> and I just did it anyway yeah and then oh, yeah from like A more selfish perspective, I'll just say, because I'll just be blunt about this. This is kind of how I operate. Um, I would think about the clients that are just like, you're just not loving for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't love the project. Maybe you don't love the person. Maybe they're a total pain in the ass, they're like a super PETA client, then you might want to be mindful about passing them off to somebody. Or if you pass them off, you might just want to give a really big heads up. Like, Hey, here's where some of the challenges are. I just want to be upfront about what I might be introducing you to. And some people are up for it. Um, especially if they want or need the work. Okay. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to like, you also need to take into account yourself right you have at the end of the day like you are the only person that can put you first and you need to be selfish and put you first in this scenario. So like okay. what I clients would not only offload the five hours but the mental space that's gonna give you back the energy to like tackle all this other stuff that you want to tackle.
1: Good advice.
0: Right putting stars by that <laughs> <laughs> asterisk asterisk let's do this For real. yeah so what do you think okay. is like work like based on all the stuff we talked about like what do you think could be workable in the next um I mean it's hard Christmas and holidays are like all around the corner so I know it could be a hard time but like what do you think could be workable in the next like let's say three to six weeks based on all all the stuff we just covered there
1: well um what I so I'm kind of at a standstill in the um master class because I really don't want to move forward until I've completed the things that you told us to really work on. Okay. And right now I am still on my portfolio. Okay. Um I I, I did go ahead and make my prospecting um sheet, okay, but I um all I've done for my portfolio is like make a Pinterest board with some inspiration that I, that I really want to use. And I've gone to Shutterstock and I've downloaded some bodies I can start from and just sort of tweak. Okay. Um, so I, I think in the next three to six weeks, I could at least have those, like you said, just two simple pages, um, you know,
0: a PDF, of just two pages, I could definitely have that done in okay. you know, three to six weeks. With like very clear projects based on the target yes. market that you've chosen that would like absolutely speak to them. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. Yes. But what about all the like passing off of clients stuff that we talked about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I was <laughs> actually talking bad. about like clearing up some space in your schedule. Okay. I mean, if you can jam the portfolio in while you're juggling these 15 clients, then I think that's great. But, um, no,
1: I should probably focus on that first. Um, so, okay, next three to six weeks, realistically. So, I guess if I had to just pick one thing I know I could do, it's there's a handful of clients that have gotten their samples, okay, and they are trying to strategize how they're going to go about. Placing the order. For instance, I have okay. one client who I, I love as a person dearly, but yeah. the project itself is so far from where I'm trying to go. But okay. it doesn't make sense for me to keep going down this road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got him his samples. He's in love with them, but he said, I would really like you to help me get a set of salesman samples so that I can do a whole marketing campaign and see about getting pre orders. Okay. Like now would be a good time, right now, before I do anything else. huh, Just see if I can find someone to take the baton. It sounds like a perfect transition point. Yeah. And that's one of two scenarios, uh, three scenarios for sure, that I've gotten samples to people and now they're trying to figure out, do I get a loan from the bank? Do I try to do some sort of Kickstarter? Okay. Um, do I try to do pre-sales? Like, those are the people that I need to be serious about finding new homes
0: for. I mean, literally you could – like. I, after we get off this call, I don't know where you're located, what time of day it is, but like after we get off this call, you could reach out to a few of the freelancers in the SFF yes. community and, like, here's the clients, like, would you be interested or not? Okay. I mean, that could be done in 20 minutes. Yes. And then based on what they say, you reach out to your clients tomorrow or at least sometime this week and, either by phone or Zoom or email, depending on, you know, what you feel is the best rapport for your relationship. Um, and Hey, I have the I, you know, here's why I'm kind of transitioning, blah, blah, blah. I've got this other freelancer, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could literally have those three okay. clients offloaded this week. I feel like I'm just in my head about like, how do I do it? Right. How do, like, what do I say? To where it doesn't feel like I just pulled the rug from under these people. Okay, so like I'll freeform the email to you right now. Okay, okay, do it. Here's what you say. Um, and I, if it were me, depending on your working relationship with them, and depending on them, like do they really like? They don't want to get on Zoom call. They're busy. That they, I would try to do this over Zoom or phone at least. Yeah, I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't do email. So let me freeform the conversation, not freeform the email. Okay. Um, Hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's been so amazing working with you and I'm really excited to where we've gotten the project so far. Um, I just want to be really, really transparent about some of my goals and where I'm trying to build my freelance business to. You know, I've done a lot of soul searching and I've been thinking a lot about what makes the most sense for my future based on my passion and my desires as a freelance designer. And you know, there was a point where I was just taking on a lot of various clients in different categories, but I've really decided to focus on this specific category because I think if I'm focused, I can do a much better job for my client. Um, and I can bring myself a little bit more, you know, passion and, and, uh, enjoyment into the project because this is like the category that I'm just absolutely loving and obsessed with. So all of that being said, um, You know, I realize where we're at in the project. You've gotten your samples, and you're kind of trying to figure out where you want to go next. I don't want to leave you abandoned, and I realize that you know I've gotten you here, and you feel really comfortable with me. Um, But I do feel like this could be a good breaking point in the project um, for me to give you the opportunity to work with another freelancer. I realize it can be really hard to find freelancers, so I am part of a private community with freelancers that. uh, Freelancers specific to the fashion industry. And there's a couple people that I've built relationships with over the past few months, however long, um, who I know could do a really exceptional job for you. I've reached out to them. They do have availability in their schedule. And so I wanted to open up the dialogue and see how you would feel. Um, I mean, in a way, like I'm I'm the way I'm saying it is you're almost giving them an option but like, yeah. I think they're going to get it. So you're kind of like, yeah. I wanted to open up the conversation to see how you would feel about, you know, me introducing you to this other person who could take over the project. Um, I'd be happy to be on for a couple weeks during the transition and be copied on all emails to make sure like nothing gets lost in communication. And, you know, of course, even in a month or two or three, like if a question comes up like that you don't have the information because it was just stored in my head, like I'm here to support you and make sure that this works. Um, but I, as a business owner, like I have to be really mindful about where my time and energy is going. And as much as I've loved your project, you know, I've, I've spent some time over the past few weeks or months deciding like what I want the full future of my freelance business to look like. And it just looks a little bit different than your project. And, and so I wow. wanted to just be really transparent and open up and have this conversation with you um, because I really care about your success. And so I, I want to do everything in my capacity to make sure that you are taken care of going forward. Um, but I also have to really be true to myself and I have to be true about where I can do the best job and have the most impact. And okay. your project like doesn't totally fall into that category that I've now decided I want to focus on going forward. I think they're wow. going to be really understand. Like, it's, I would be. Right? You just have to be yeah. honest. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, you know, it's so cliche, honesty is the best policy, but like it really works.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I've, you know, I've done a lot of speaking over the years and I've done a lot of writing and I've really refined like the nuances of the language that I use. You're a good speaker though. I can though. But you're a good speaker too, I can tell just in our conversation. I can tell what you wrote in your application for the strategy session. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But um, so I think you would do great. Um, and I just think you just have to be really true to yourself. And it's okay to be like, I have to be honest about what makes sense for my future. And guess what? They're a business owner too. They're going to get it. Yes. Yes. They're going to get it. Absolutely. So that's what the conversation would look like. How does that feel?
1: Yeah, I literally just felt like calm wash over me listening to you say that. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, let me get my phone and just record this and then yeah. play it <laughs> yeah. during my con- next consultation. But no, that's exactly what I've been trying to figure out yeah. how to say. Yeah. And uh, an email didn't feel right. No. I'm okay with getting on a Zoom or a phone call. All my clients seem to be okay with that as well. I okay. just didn't know the words. I just needed the words. Yeah. <laughs> so one step closer. Yeah, Definitely.
0: Okay. So I think like, I mean, I literally think you could make some huge progress this week. It's only Monday. Okay. Ping the other oh, freelancers. Absolutely. See if they'd be interested. Okay. I imagine, you know, if they're top-notch freelancers, you should probably hear back from them pretty quickly. Right. And then you've got a chance to hop on with your clients. And then I'm mean, the other thing I would really add, like, if I had to, like, put it down to like, let's say a few bullets of like things that I would really specifically touch on in that conversation. It would sure. be, um, and, and maybe this is not in the exact order, but mm-hmm. I want to be really mindful of like the transition point and where we're at right now feels like a really good time for transition so that okay. like no balls get dropped. Right. Like we're at this interesting, like you're kind of trying to figure out where you're going, blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's a good transition yes. point And I'm mindful of that. Um yes. I understand that it's hard to find freelancers, which is why I've reached out to a couple of people who I know and trust, and I know I could pass you off to someone good, so that they feel comfortable that they're getting put into someone that you have handpicked. They're not just getting some random person. They're also not getting into the position where they have to go find their freelancer. That feels really hard. So you're offering a huge right. value by giving them someone that you already know and trust. Um that you, and this is sort of like two pronged, but one is that you have to be really mindful about the work that you want to continue doing based on your passion and your interest, because that's where you can do the best job possible. So from a selfish perspective, you want to be able to put your energy towards the things that you're most passionate about, but also for respect for their business, you want to be mindful that you're if you can do the the stuff you're most passionate about, that's where you're really going to shine. And not that you're not doing a great job for them, but we're always going to be doing a little bit better job if it's, like, really aligned with where 100%. we're passionate, right? And they're going to yes. respect that. Right. Um, and then I guess a uh, last thing would just be... I'm here to, like, make the transition seamless. Right. I'm not just going to disappear after I make this intro. I think those would be, like, the four key points to touch on. Okay. I've made notes of all four. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so that, I mean... You just got a week planned out, and that's nothing. That's no time. Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now— I am seriously as soon as we get off the phone. You're going to do this, this thing. I love that. Yes. I love that you're just going to take action. So that, hopefully, fairly quickly would give you the time then to, like, really do a good job at getting your portfolio done. You're not jamming it into the crack at, like, midnight 30 after you've, like, yes. Yes. got your kids to bed and you've, like, you know, done life and Sip finished up with clients. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do you want to talk about? I'm reading the rest of your thing. So, I yeah, do a couple self-directed projects. Don't overthink the portfolio. I think two to three projects are gonna be plenty. And if you show them exactly what they want, boom, you're in. Gotcha. I'm just looking at
1: my notes. Um, so I, I think some of this too will um, get better, you know once once the kids are back in school. yeah, but I'm finding, and it also might be alleviated too once I have less on my plate, just in general. But I'm just finding that I've been so scattered. Okay. Um, and, um, I don't know. Like, just, do you have any sort of? Oops, did I disappear? Yeah, you're back. It was like, two okay. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess. Do you have any strategies for? I guess just how to keep yourself focused and organized. With your projects.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a million different strategies out there. And so I can only speak to, like, what I feel like works well for me. Sure. Um, and I, I'm i not sure that I'm the best person because I'm actually really good at, like, I can do this for 10 minutes and I can jump over here. And I don't, like, lose my focus. And I, I, I've, I've learned over the years that, like, that's just how my brain works. It's really ping-pong-y. Mm-hmm. Um but but something that I have seen success for with, um, is just trying to be like efficient and and batching stuff. So and I'll give an example. Actually, what we're doing right now. So I used to. So the podcast has been around for three years, maybe. I don't even know how long. I should probably know that. But it's been years, <laughs> right? Yes. And I used to. Um, I would just like schedule interviews like kind of on the fly, like ongoing all the time. And so what happened was it was like the podcast, which is a very big asset for our business. Um, it's probably the biggest asset that we have outside of like our our paid programs and stuff. but the biggest free assets, our podcast. Mm-hmm. and i and it felt it mentally felt like I was the podcast was a constant thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do an interview here and I'll do an interview there and I'll do an interview here. And I never like got behind. I was never scrambling to try to get one out. Um, And only in the last like year, year and a half did we start batching the recordings. I record four times a year and I fit it into a week. So like this week I'm recording six episodes. And it's a lot for the week, but I focus on the podcast for a week. And I now have Tara, and so she does all the scheduling and coordinating, so it's a lot less. And then I can forget about the podcast for like three months. And Tara and we just hired a third person are in the background, like making sure it gets published and all that stuff. So I realize that's like a little bit different. But even still from me from like doing the recordings, instead of doing like two or three recordings a month, which just kind of feels like it's a constant, like what can be batched out? And I realize you're probably not in a position to batch things out four times a year, but on a day-to-day basis or maybe a week-to-week basis or even, like, a morning-to-an-afternoon basis, like, where can you do these chunks of similar-like tasks so that you can get your head into that space and then you can, like, cross it off for the rest of the week or the rest of the day or, like, whatever it might be?
1: Yeah, as soon as you said that, I thought, um, back from my corporate days— We did some business with Forever Twenty One, and they only did fittings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Totally. And now I get why. (laughs) Right. At the time, it was like, why? Why are you we wait for this approval? The fact that he's like, go, go, go. But okay. But yeah, I could do stuff like that. Like only do FedEx on Mondays or Tuesdays or whatever. Yeah. Batching. Love it. Okay.
0: Um, And then. You know, since you've got like so many moving pieces and parts to yes. your business, because you're you're juggling 15 clients, there's a lot of like little details for every client, I imagine. Right. Um, yes. Like, what do you use to keep organized? Like, do you use any type of, like, how do you know what your to-do list is each day or like what deadlines are? Like, where do you keep all that? Sure. I have, uh, so I was using Trello. Okay. Um, which I
1: didn't love. For some reason, the setup of it was just not great. I just switched to Basecamp maybe like last Monday. Okay. And so Basecamp has all of my projects and my to do list. And then I have my planner that I write in. Um my day to day. Yeah. But actually it says right there successful fashion freelancer podcast. Ah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that is how I keep myself organized day to day. Okay. So you are using you're using a tool, yeah. I mean I'm trying but I feel like the list just grows and then there's all kinds of like things that like sort of like drive by in my day that yeah. take my focus like oh I need to make a hang tag for this client there goes the one hour I had between you know while the kids were eating lunch that I was going to try to you know bang out some emails or do a couple of sketches now I gotta do this hang tag yeah uh, so that's how I try to stay organized but you know you, all you can do is your best
0: <laughs> all you can do is your best and like here's what i'll say you're juggling 15 different clients in like 15 different categories and i'm i'm not sure there's a solution to the scatter that that creates okay. um i hate to like some of them other than one. offloading some of them <laughs> and like trying to streamline some of the process um uh, and i don't I'm not sure I'm the best person to like ask this question to. I, because I, I don't know. It's funny. Like, so Tara and I've worked together for two and a half years, and she writes everything down. And like, her notebook is like, we have an hour long meeting, and she's got like a full eight and a half by 11 sheet. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, I wrote down like this. That's what I wrote down. I am Tara. (laughs) I am Tara. Yes. Okay, you're Tara. So I think that that's actually good because I it's all in my head, and I don't lose track of shit. I don't like stuff gets done. I don't miss it. But I I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about shit, and I yeah, and and so I've been trying to get better at like getting it. And we just started using Asana. Um, I tried Basecamp years ago, and it didn't work for me. But I'm sure they've changed it by then. And say it's a personal preference, but. Right. Um, we've been using Asana and it's been working really, really well. And so I'm just like getting stuff out and I'm just putting it on the day I'm going to do it. And um, just, I mean, I've been sleeping better. Oh, good deal. And yeah. And so, but you're already getting stuff out on paper. So that is working for you. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I have any more
1: That's tips. okay. But that, yeah. that actually, that helps. And I, like I said, it'll get better once I start.
0: It'll get better. Start especially when I
1: really focus into my niche, then I yeah. won't have to be recreating so many things. You know, my trend will be my trend for, uh, yeah. you know, done and done.
0: Totally. Yeah. So
1: can't wait for that. It's huge. Um, um, what else? So, okay. I've listened to enough podcasts. I feel like I know the answer. That's right. um, <laughs> I'm happy to give <laughs> but, a personalized one, <laughs> but I am truly also in my head about reaching out to Mid level brands. Okay. Like, yeah, the bigger brands. Because part of me feels like working with startups is working. Why would I, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing? But I'm also interested in trying. So, yeah. okay. what's in your head about this specific topic? Okay. So, I don't want to become a permalancer. That's okay. like my worst nightmare. <laughs> um, but also, I, I want to hook a big enough fish to where I'm less worried about the finances. Um, but not that it's eating so much of my time that I can't work on the fun projects too.
0: The, then you're like the permalancer, yeah. right? You're like, okay, now this yeah. is taking up 40 hours a week. Yeah. I do love working with startups because they're just
1: so like they're sponges. They're so eager to learn and they're super excited about the process. Um, but I would love to have something a little more stable yeah, And I, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's gotta be a way to do it right. Or some, some red flags to, to look for before you sign on with a bigger brand. Um, any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, a couple things and I'm just going to like blabber. So if I say right. something that you want to like know more about, let me know. Or if I'm getting completely off okay. topic, let me know too. Um, first of all, I think it's always good to remind ourselves that there are startups—startup is a very broad term. A startup can literally be one person working out of their basement, like, trying to scrap this with their savings. Right. A startup can also be a team of three to five or even, like, 20 that has gotten funding. It's not as common in the fashion space as, like, you know, maybe tech, right? Right. But, mm-hmm. um, or they like had a Kickstarter and like something like went really viral and they got enough money, right? Blah, blah, blah. All the things that could vary ha- under various circumstances that could happen. Um, right. I mean, I worked, I didn't love working with startups in my career. I worked with a handful. One was fairly stable. I worked with them for like three or four years. Um, it was a, a partnership, two people. Um, and they both were helping fund the business. The woman just happened to have a good bit of cash. And I like on a year to year basis, like I probably did 20 to 25,000 a year with them. Okay. So that's like a good chunk of cash. Yeah. Um, it was just two ladies. It happened to be a a, a man and a woman, not actual partners, just two people that knew each other. Um, so maybe I lucked out with that, but, but I don't know, like I know other freelancers inside of freelance accelerator, as well as just outside on a personal level who do like substantial ongoing projects with like small startup brands. So I think that, you know, you have, you pretty much got all your clients from that factory. Is that correct? All but one. Okay. So maybe the type of client you got is a very specific type of client because they've all come through the same channel. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but like maybe they're so, so, so here's something really interesting that I think you should hyper focus on. Um, finding and building a relationship with that funnel which, what I mean by the funnel is you built a relationship with the factory, and now they're just, all the clients funnel through there, and they just spin them right out to you. Right. That can be, like, a beautiful arrangement. Um, because you just sit there, and they just funnel the clients to you instead of you going out having to find those 15 individual clients. So you could look at, like, are there maybe... Like higher end factories or factories that like specialize in the type of product that you're interested in, or maybe it's even suppliers, like what types of fabrics are they using a lot of and are there suppliers out there that specialize in that? Mm -hmm. And you could focus on like building relationships there and if you're looking at a supplier that sources maybe higher in materials or, and I, I don't know like what the price point of the the product that you're going after, but like at a certain price point, like maybe it's going to, it might attract more of the the startups that maybe if they got a bit more cash and they might just be a little bit more stable and they might be, you know, there might be a longer term relationship. I mean, you can get anything from anywhere, so it's not going to be like a a sure thing. But you could think about that. Um, And then beyond that, you know, I think that there's opportunity to go into those like mid, maybe small to mid-level established brands, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could, those could also come through factory referrals for sure, right? Right. Maybe you talk to international factories instead of domestic because they're probably my guess is that they're manufacturing abroad um Mm -hmm. and you build those relationships maybe you've got relationships from the past that you could kind of like reignite um and and those brands are like oh you know we're like really scrambling blah 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 and they're like oh my gosh we know this amazing freelancer who like specializes in your category whatever I don't know that's been the hardest actually what's that I really thought that I was going
1: to be able to just tell all my old bosses, "Hey, guess what I'm doing now," and, and all, all just the work, work was going to come.
0: It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Not. <laughs> it doesn't okay. work that way. Yeah. No. no. It doesn't work that way. Um. So you know, I think it's going to it could be a multi pronged approach, right? Like you can work on like building the relationships with the factors and the suppliers, and then they can funnel you some people. Um, you can, of course do pitching and outreach, which I would highly suggest you do, in addition to that, right? And right. and I think with the, you know, more established brands, um just pitch and outreach and and do the same thing that you would do. And then as far as like, you know, it not turning into a permalancer role, like that's yeah. really on you. Um I mean, listen, like some some people You know, you could get the opportunity to like, okay, we're going to do 20 hours a week with you, but like you still get to work from home and you still get to do it. And it's like, well, maybe a little bit of like a retainer arrangement, right? Where they're like, we're going to pay you this flat fee and you're going to put in like roughly X hours, da da da. And you might be like really committed to like Tuesdays, you're available, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're available. Like, right. And, and, so as much as that like might kind of feel permanency, like that could work really well for you. And then you've got your other guy, like, cause that maybe gives you the base that you want or I don't know. Right. I think, you know, it's really up to you. The, the permanence roles that I really talk about that I hate are like, you got to show up in office and you're working 40 hours a week for us and you're not taking on other yeah. clients. You're not even a freelancer. You're working for one brand full time, right. whether it's in-house or partially work from home because you know, they've gotten a little bit more relaxed with COVID. You're not a freelancer. Right. There's nothing free about it. <laughs> no, there's nothing free. Your temp is a temp job. Right. No matter how you dice, okay. it's, it's a temp job. So gotcha. you just have to like control that boundary. And um, I guess at
1: the end of a contract, if it's not working out, then you just don't. If it's renew not working out. Or, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you just okay. have to be in charge of like, okay do I want to do 20 hours a week for one brand or like, what is that, what might that even look like? And like, what works for you? Cause that could work really well or maybe not for whatever reason. You're like, I don't want right. to commit my Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like, I think it's just going to be like each arrangement, like is just going to have to, you're just gonna have to address it on its own. Sure. So, okay. um, I mean, how does that feel? And, and, and also like to yeah. just kind of go back to the stuff we talked about, the startups, like how does it feel to kind of think about them as like a, I think it's a bigger category than like, you know, there's the stereotype of like, oh, the struggling startup that like wants a tech pack for five dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's not that extreme, but like, right, that's like just being really abrasive about it. Um, I think there's a lot more out there than just that though. Right. No, that
1: feels good. I love the idea of reaching out to suppliers and um, you know making new channels with other factories, the same way that I made with this one, um, totally. even though that was completely happenstance. Yeah. But I, I feel like, you know, that something good could come out of that if I really put some energy behind it. Yeah. Um, and as you were talking, I thought of another question. Yeah, go ahead. So um, just like I have taken on too many, uh, too what of a, ri- a variety of clients, I also do way too many services.
0: Ah, and, okay.
1: <laughs> but I didn't really... Know how how that was supposed to work? I guess I, I suppose I just kind of need someone to give me permission to be like, yeah, I don't do that. But I also don't know where to refer you to. Like, so for instance, like I have loved the sampling part of it, but the manufacturing—like, I haven't slept since August, even though I have hired. Uh, I mean, that's like an exaggeration. I
0: sleep. I know, but, but it's like a, it's, you're <laughs> tired. I get yeah. it. I get it. Um,
1: this factory that I'm working with is like refusing to keep my QC team in the loop. They are not giving me accurate deadlines and and sticking to timelines and what have you. And it's causing a lot of stress to my clients, a lot of stress to me. And it's just really got me thinking like, is it the factory or is it the fact that I took this on? Mm. Should I have not, should I have, you know, cut the line off at sampling and then handed them over to the factory and been like, Hey, um, here you go. I don't know what are, thoughts on, on yeah, that. Yeah.
0: I mean, so my first, like, just really maybe harsh comment is like, you just have to be selfish about at the end of the day, like going back to the conversation earlier, like you just have to be really selfish about, and I say, I say selfish in like a very positive tone, right? Like this self
1: preservation.
0: Yeah. I think selfish can have a very negative connotation. Um, You know, my husband and I decided not to have a child until, or to even explore having a child until I was like 35. And it was Mm -hmm. because we were really selfish. And I say that very confidently and very proudly. So I don't want that word to be misunderstood. Um, So I think that, so first it just comes down to being selfish. If you don't want to do the manufacturing and it's like taking, or the production process um, at post sampling, kill it. And that's a good, I think it's a good breaking point. Um, If you happen to have someone to pass them off to, great. If not, that's not really your worry. Um, Okay. As long as you are open and upfront and really clear and transparent about that at the beginning. I talk excessively inside of Freelance Accelerator about being transparent and being communicative with our clients. Communication is the number one tool for success, and I would also say it's the number one reason for failure. Um, whether it's you weren't clear enough in your communication about what the project actually entailed, and they're like, oh, I thought I was getting this, and I'm not getting that, and probably because you under the actual services you were going to provide. Um right you know, I could go on forever with examples about communication, how they can solve or cause problems. So I think it comes down to like being really, really transparent and clear upfront about what you do and don't do and what your services do and don't include. If you happen to have somebody who can help with that other part of the process, I think that's great. If not, then guess what? They can worry about it. So I'll just give you two examples Uh, literally the conversation I had right before you was a podcast interview. I got off, like I edited it like 15 minutes before I got on with you. I just had this conversation, um, is, is a designer, bridal designer. And she does not do grading. She does not do fitting. She does not do the POM chart. And she just landed a project for 18 tech packs And she was like, I was just hyper clear that, like, this does not include the POM. This does not include this, does not include graining, fitting, pattern making, blah, blah, blah. Like, if I do those projects, I will shoot my eyeballs out. Like, she just hates it. And so she was just over communicative about what it did and didn't include. And that was Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. And then um, you might know from the the student group, um, Amy Barnhart. Mm -hmm. she was on the podcast a while back and she does men's active and like lifestyle and and golf and she does everything except sourcing. She's like, I just don't want to do it and I'm not that good. And I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So she goes, I'm just very clear. Like I'll do this and I'll do this and all this, but I don't do sourcing. So and she does like all the technical design. She does She does the design. The she like does the mood board. She does the design. She does the technical. She'll like help them through the development process. But like they have to find the fabrics. They have to find the trims. They have to find the factory. She just doesn't okay. source. Okay. Um, and so I just think that like be selfish and then just be really clear in your communication. And you can tell them why like. Or you don't have to tell them why, but like, if you're like, I just don't feel like this is my genius zone and this is where I really excel, then that's yeah. totally fair. And that it could be like, I think that's actually a very attractive thing from a client's perspective because it says mm-hmm. a couple things. It says that you're very deliberate about what you do and don't do because you know how to best serve your clients. And then it also mm-hmm. tells me that, like, you're not the freelancer out there that's like desperately trying to get anything that's going to like make a buck. Right. No matter okay. how badly you need to make that buck, it doesn't come off good to the client. Right. When you're like, oh, and I can do that and I can do that and I can design the hang tags and I can, bu- and I can do the da 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 and I can do your social media graphics and it it comes off really bad. I'm not saying that doing the production is that scattered, but if it's not, you're like... If that's not where you excel and that's not where you thrive, then just be clear. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, Do you feel a little more comfortable like said, going into that now? Uh, I, I mean, it's something I'm just going to have to get comfortable with. My problem <laughs> is I just, I feel, like I said earlier, I just have for some reason made it my responsibility to like hold their hand through the entire process. Mm. But like there's just some things like, I'm just not
0: that
1: good at. It. Yeah, and or or not necessarily. I'm not good at it. I just feel as though like I hate. I just hate doing it.
0: Yeah, I just hate doing it. Yeah, like then don't if do I don't it. Have to, then I shouldn't do it. Because okay. that's like one of the biggest benefits of freelancing is that you get to like pick and choose what parts you do and don't want to do. Um, and so like, what's the point if you're taking on all this stuff that like doesn't really fuel you? That's not going to feel right. good, and you're, gonna, you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel good about that. <laughs> and I mean, I think like, that, like, right, there's – if you're doing a project that you're kind of resenting because you just don't like it, guess what? You're not yeah. going to do a great job. No matter how hard you try, it's not going to be the best job possible, and that's really not yeah. fair to your client. So I think at the end of the day, even no. though you're being selfish, like I do, think that it ultimately can come down to being a disservice to the person that you're working with.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah. All right. What else? Right. We got a couple more minutes here.
1: Um. Well, those were my only like specific questions. I feel like you really helped me um, drill down and. Uh, I guess, just wrap my head around some things that were just just kind of too hard for me to even wrap my head around for yeah. this conversation. Yeah. So um, those are my only real specific questions.
0: Okay. I mean, I think you're in a really amazing position to not only have like kickstarted your career with these 15 clients, which as much as it's like, feels like maybe a hot mess right now, has been a very valuable learning experience, I'm sure. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people would kill to be in that position of like, okay, I might be scattered, but like I've got these 15 clients and like it's bringing in money and I'm working and like it's fulfilling on some levels. And, um, you know, it's it's a very lucky position to be in, not to discount, you know, where it's like making you a little bit crazy because it's so scattered and it's not the work that you love. And you can get there, but it's going to be a little bit of a transition. And I think just being mindful about severing those ties at the right time and once you do the first one or two, it'll be a lot easier and you'll be like, oh, this is, I totally get how to do this. And you'll be able to like. Absolutely. Are any of the 15 kind of in your niche or like clients that you're like, you know what, I will just keep working with them because it makes sense?
1: Um, Probably two. Okay out of the 15 yeah so there's quite a bit
0: of transition (laughs) I mean I'm telling
1: you hunting and fishing one day golf another day like swimwear another day like what have I done yeah
0: so that's tough yeah it's tough to like stay on top of all that okay for sure yeah you're doing great you're really doing great again please give yourself the credit of like all the stuff that you have done and like where you were three months ago compared to now where you were a year ago compared to now instead of only comparing, well, but I'm not at this other thing yet. I'm going to send you that okay. podcast to listen to. I think you're really going to yes, enjoy please. it. I was right like, there. this is a game changer. It's all about that. <laughs> okay. Comparing yourself I'll to what you haven't done versus like giving yourself credit for what you have, and um, how it can just really it can ultimately trigger more, bigger, better success than trying to only strive for the thing that you don't have. So.
1: Absolutely, and yeah. I just
0: want to just take us a, a, a minute and just say thank you so much for what you do. Oh, you're so um, sweet. I
1: mean, I remember sitting at my desk being miserable, um, <laughs> just thinking there's got to be a better way, and I was just looking for a podcast to just kind of drown out the the negativity in yeah. my mind. And I stumbled upon your podcast, yeah. and it it literally changed the way I think, which has oh. ultimately changed my life. So oh. I just had to take a minute and say that.
0: I'm so grateful. I really appreciate you. Yeah, it's um a podcast is a funny thing because you know, we sit here and have these conversations and then it just kind of goes out into the wild. Um, right. and so it's always nice to hear like the individual stories of people who it's had a big impact on and um 100% I am one of them. Yeah. Sometimes it's it feels very like I'm just talking to nobody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're on a hamster wheel. Just doing yeah, like da, 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 yeah. da, Four times a year I get on the hamster wheel and I just have these conversations. Um, yeah. So it's really cool to hear that like you hit play and you like, it had such a big impact. That really, it really yes. makes I a difference. For us. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that we found you too. Not to get so awesome. cheesy at the end, but <laughs> <laughs> amazing crystal. Okay. So to recap in the next week, um, like this week yes. you're going to initiate hopefully offboarding those three clients, which will okay. alleviate some time to get your portfolio done. Yes. And then that will put you like hopefully into the new year on like a good trajectory, like, you know, January ish. And then you can offboard some more clients and, and your kids will get back in school at whatever time and yeah. I mean, I think you've got a pretty clear plan. You feel good? I feel, th- oh yeah, definitely. 100%. Amazing. I know like step one, just going to start today. Yeah. And uh, six months from now, my business will look very different. It will look so different and we'll have to have you back on the show again then. <laughs> I'd love to be. That'd be amazing. It'd be super amazing. Awesome. Well, great job on everything so far. You're doing wonderful and keep me in the loop. I'd love to hear some updates. All right. Thanks, Heidi. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Um, Or maybe you're watching if you're watching on YouTube. We're doing some tests to see how videos on YouTube might go. And uh, yeah, either way, I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me today. I hope you're having a wonderful day, whatever it is that you're doing and whatever it is you're up to. Um, I also want to give a big shout out to two people behind the scenes who help Make this podcast happen and make this possible, which is Tara, my right hand, who gets the guests and does all the coordinating and does all the things to make sure the moving pieces of the podcast actually happen, as well as my husband, Mark, who does all the tech and editing and audio work to make sure it sounds good for you guys. Um, Yeah, so that's it. Uh, I'll remind you if you want to get access to my free freelancing resources that can help you grow your freelance career and build and get a ton of clients um, and have the freedom and flexibility to choose and the lifestyle that you want, um, I would love to help you out with that. You can check out my resources at SoHeidi.com freelance. We will link to that below. And uh, if you're interested in my freelance accelerator program, it opens a handful of times every year. Um, make sure to check out those free resources, which will get you on the email list and you will be the first to know when the program opens. All right, that's it. Thank you so much again for joining me on this episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.